0: hi i'm peter newman and i'm the author of the vagrant which is coming out in the u.s on may the 10th and i'm here on the grim tidings podcast having a good old time
1: Today's guest is the co-writer of the Hugo nominated T and Jeopardy podcast, author of The Vagrant and the forthcoming sequel of The Malice, and writer for the Albion online MMO, including the tie-in novel Landfall. Returning for the second time, husband to Emma Newman, father, firewalker instructor, and consummate gentleman, the Grim Tidings Podcast welcomes Peter Newman back to the show. Peter. Hello! And, hello, sir. Hello, thank you for having me back. <laughs> Well, you were such a gentleman last time you were on the show, we, we, we could not help but, but bring you back on. So, Peter, you are back. We are here to talk about the United States release of your novel, The Vagrant. Now, you were back on the show um, in June, and and the Vagrant had dropped in the UK. So, there was a little bit of confusion over what title got released and when, because you've got the sequel coming out, you've got the contract going for book three. I think you're working on now. So, could you maybe clarify a little bit as to what what book is getting released and and <laughs> I, I, I mean,
2: yeah, what, what is going on? anyway? <laughs>
1: what the hell is going on, Peter Newman?
0: <laughs> okay, so um. When I came onto the show, I I should say as well before we get into all this, it's lovely to be back. Yes, and there's a sort of you know I noticed, I've got a kind of a, a soft spot because you're one of the first podcasts that I came onto when I was starting out, and you guys were starting out. And look, we're we're both still here, which is really nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs>
0: You know, and, and you've, you've got this sort of Parsec-nominated aura to the podcast now, which is yeah, nice, you know. This is true. It's true. It's, it, it feels is... it feels more sparkly than last time I was here. It is definitely more sparkly. We
2: cleaned it up a little bit. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so in terms of what was going on, when I was on last, The Vagrant had come out in hardback in the UK and an ebook in the UK. There was some kind of Amazon anomaly around the same time in the US where it was put up at a like really odd price and you couldn't buy it and lots of people got upset but um, we can forget about that now sure. the paperback has come out in the UK and the paperback is coming out on the 10th of May uh, in the US and also the ebook is coming out on the 10th of May in the US as well and what I think what can make it confusing of course is that not only am I talking about the the US release of The Vagrant but back here in the UK the second book The Malice is about to come out in hardback um, and and a bit later we'll probably talk about book three as well, just to really confuse everyone. But if you're <laughs> if you're hungover or tired or you know you just don't like lots of dates and you're in America, the tenth of May. It's all you got to worry about. Tenth of May, Vogue comes out. Everything else is just you know it's candy floss. Don't worry about it.
2: Can I whisper the tenth of May throughout this whole episode?
0: I think you should in a slightly spooky fashion.
1: <laughs>
0: the tenth <10th> of May. <laughs> ah, I was going? Yeah. That...
1: So the 10th of May is the date that we're talking about, and that is for the U.S. release of The Vagrant, and we have a copy of The Vagrant to give away, a paperback copy, uh, one single copy to give away to one person, one winner in the United States only. So UK, you can't have a copy. (laughs) Canada, actually North America. We'll go North America. So U.S. or Canada, we will hook you up with a copy. Um, What you have to do is email us. It's grimdarkfiction at gmail.com. Just write Peter Newman rocks in the subject line, and basically the first person who hears this episode and emails us will win a copy of The Vagrant. So um, thanks again to uh, Harper Voyager for hooking that up for us. Uh, we always like giving away cool books, especially The Vagrant. We've been enjoying it. Phil, you've been listening to the audiobook, right?
2: Yes. Um, been listening to it a lot uh, recently now that I got my Kindle all uh, squared away and audio is flowing through it. And i uh, been enjoying it a lot so far. Um, I read the sample chapter uh, a while back, didn't get a hold of the actual book because of various reasons but this was actually the first audiobook i ever bought and the narrator is awesome so i highly recommend if anyone's into audiobooks to check out the audiobook of the
1: vagrant as well if, if that's your cup of tea
0: Jot davis who did the uh
1: audiobook and you were one of the first authors that we did have on the Grim Tidings podcast. You joined us back on, on in June of 2015. So folks listening can uh, listen to your debut there with us uh, in the archives. But could you maybe just give us an elevator pitch real quick for The Vagrant so folks can uh, get jazzed about this title? Because uh, May 10th yeah, is um, the day that they can buy it. So.
0: Sure. So it is uh, it's set in the far future uh, in a secondary world after a demonic apocalypse and the protagonist doesn't speak uh, and he's traveling through this demonic kind of corrupted landscape with a uh, a baby and a goat for company and a singing sword it's I, I'd say at its heart it's a fantasy story but it's got uh, it's wearing a few sci-fi clothes uh, it's got an element of of sort of dystopian in it uh, and maybe a bit of, you know, either kind of lone gunslinger or lone samurai as well, just the dash, perhaps, of that as well.
2: Um, how's that? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, Sounds good. Yep. Yeah, one of the things about The Vagrant that, that really st- stood out to me is just uh, how vivid all the imagery is and especially the descriptions of the demons which you just mentioned uh I mean some of the demon stuff is really incredible prose um did did all this prose just kind of flow out of you that way or, or is this the effort of a shit ton of editing
0: So I I'd, I'd love to tell you that you know I just sort of knock it out in 10 minutes and uh <laughs> and then go and drink coffee or whatever but um no it, it's just really slow to write so because as you know uh, my wife Emma's a writer as well and you know different different projects happen at different speeds but the vagrant took me a long 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 time to write it um so you know i would i would be writing at about a quarter of the speed i mean she writes very fast but i'd be writing about a quarter of the speed of hers it'd be really depressing because you know you'd say how are you doing and she'd be like i've done a few thousand words and i'd be like i've done 250 words (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i'm really glad you like the prose um but yeah no it was it was uh not so much i don't know about editing exactly in that i when it was written it was fairly clean as a first draft I mean, there was editing to do, and there was work to do, of course. But a lot of it was just in the real slow kind of like bricklaying of each sentence.
1: And so the malice then is the sequel that you have to The Vagrant, and that's going to be dropping in the UK, not to confuse things. But <laughs> but I think the cover alone... <laughs> the cover alone, though, might be spoilery-ish for The Vagrant. Do you think that might be the case, or...?
0: Um, so, OK, if I'm going to talk about anything to do with the Malice, and if you hate spoilers, then obviously like, close your ears now. Um, yeah, it might be slightly spoilery. The Malice is set over a decade after The Vagrant, and we're looking at sort of the the legacy of the first book. Um, and yeah, as you can guess from the cover, there is a slightly different uh, set We've got a different protagonist. Uh, there's still goats in it. There's still demons in it. It's still a okay. pretty miserable world. There's a lot going on, but yes, the uh, we're kind of focused on the baby in this point. That would be the big spoiler, I guess.
2: Spoiler. Gotcha. <laughs> well, you said spoiler before, right? And you, Rob. Yeah, we said spoiler did, like maybe. five times, didn't we?
0: We, we yeah. said the word spoiler a lot.
2: <laughs> so, since we're doing the U.S. release of *The Vagrant*, also talking about the malice that you have, the third book. The third book is signed for a contract. And you're writing it right now, correct?
0: So, yeah, the third book is written. I've just sent it to my agent huh. to have a look over it. And then, assuming she's happy, then I'll send it off to Harper, editor. To So, whilst there may be odd changes, it is done. It exists. The trilogy is complete. In fact, when I came on here last time, I think I didn't have that deal. I had a two-book deal originally mm-hmm. for The yeah. Vagrant and the Malice. Uh, and I was desperately hoping for the third book. <laughs> <laughs> but... um yeah. So, in fact, when I, now I think about it, in fact, because a lot happened since the time I spoke to you guys and and, and being here now, all, uh, you know, the, the preceding month. So, uh, yeah, the, the seven is is there. It exists. Uh, so, if, you know, I know there are some readers who hate getting anything if they're not sure all the books are going to come out. You know, mm-hmm. like they don't want to buy book one and then book three mm-hmm. never arrive. So if you're worried about like the author flaking out and failing you, don't worry. It's, it's written. <laughs> It exists. It's done. It's all good.
1: Excellent so the so the, the 7 is the title for the third book in the trilogy and that'll be out in a couple of years in the United States most likely but uh, was the uh, editorial process for getting that third book together uh, different from when you were crafting the vagrant?
0: So obviously with the vagrant itself it was it was a complete book before I sent it to Harper if you like and I started writing the malice kind of like the moment I knew I was going to get a deal but before that d- that the exact deals had been arranged because the way I dealt with the extreme kind of stress and excitement was by just writing because I found that was the best way to not just refresh my email every 30 seconds and, (laughs) you know, um, pull out what little hair I have left. So my, so funny enough, when the, when the vagrant came out, the malice was already written in first draft form. So what was odd with The Seven was that, yeah, the book was already out there. Someone asked me once about how, you know, did reviews or feedback affect your writing or what you did? But actually, I'd written The Malice before I had any feedback outside of my editorial feedback, whereas that was different with The Seven. But otherwise, no, I I think it was fair. My process is fairly similar in that I um, So, for those of you who don't know how I write a book, um, what I do is I write uh, a scene uh often i'll talk to emma beforehand about planning and plot and things but only in very loose terms but she's around from kind of the start to the end and we we kind of help each other like that and we're very lucky from that point of view Um, and then when i've written a scene i will read it to her because i find reading out loud helps my editorial process for me but if i just read it out loud on my own i'm not paying as much attention as if i'm reading it out loud to someone else I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just how it is for me. So when I read it out to her, I notice typos or I'll notice where there's a clunky sentence or where something doesn't flow. And then I kinda of go through the whole thing like that. And then if she's got any comments, I take them as I go. And then when I get to the end of that drafting process, I go back, I go through all the comments, I reread it all, I tweak it, I polish it. And then sometimes what I'll then do is give Emma the whole book to read. With the Vagrant I had a whole set of beta readers and things like that, but um I, I don't these days, I confess. But Emma is my first reader. And then from there, I send it to my agent, and she gives me feedback, and, and and then I edit it again, and then we start going into the kind of the serious editing with Harper. So Natasha, my editor, will, will do maybe a number of passes, and then it goes through copy and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, The Seven is quite early in that process. It's only had a couple of passes.
2: So as far as the completed trilogy goes, do you envision this being the end of the story in this world completely, or...? Are there plans to do any kind of other stuff with the world uh, as far as stories or other novels or anything?
0: Um, Yeah, so when when they sign me for the third book, they also sign me for a couple of short stories set in the world of The Vagrant. So they will be going on. One of them will hopefully be coming out over the summer, and one will probably come out sometime early next year. Um, You know, there's only so much I can say. There may be plans for other books, um, but <laughs> well, there are certainly I have, certainly have more ideas and plans for the world. But in terms of the story of the vagrant and that arc, that is done with a trilogy. It's not one of those things. Where I'm, it's not going to wheel of t- I'm not going to wheel of time you. Mm. <laughs>
2: you know, of time. Uh, which
0: is the, which? Is, there's no harm in massive, epic, sprawling fantasies that last for ten books at all. You know, they're awesome things, but that's not the way I'm intending to go with this. It is a trilogy. It will tell its story, but I might, sorry, I'm hesitating. So I was going to say, whilst I might not want to Wheel of Time you, I might want to Robin Hobb you. Um, and by that, <laughs> I mean books that are set in the same world, but that are very much separate. You mm-hmm. know, that you have pictures or something like that. Um, and obviously, I think Robin Hobb's awesome. So I was hesitating. I was like, can I, can I mention Robin Hobb in the same context as my writing? I don't think I actually can.
2: <laughs> I think you did there, last you time, actually.
0: Oh, God, did I? Oh, no. See, people can go back and listen to the old ones and say, oh, look at him.
2: <laughs> there's a lot of mystery still to the world i think so there there is a lot of stuff you could do with it and it's a very very mysterious book and i like how it kind of the, the vagrant kind of may 10th uh kind of rolls out <laughs> and slowly reveals things so i kind of like that and in, in, in some aspects because it allows the reader to really get engrossed in and everything that's happening and in, in some instances i tend to to shy away from slower paced books, because I guess I I read a lot of really hyper violent stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, everything needs to be killed immediately. But (laughs) um, you slowly reveal things in such a poetic kind of way that it's kind of entrancing almost. So I really appreciate that stuff.
0: Bless your buttons. (laughs) I think one of the other things is obviously the vagrant doesn't talk. And something that I've said before, when I, when I was writing the character being silent, I kind of felt like if you could hear his inner thoughts, it would be cheating. I might even have said this last time I was on, but um, a kind of consequence of that is that it focuses everything on the action. You know, in a lot of books, the characters are always thinking about what's going on. And in the process of that thinking, they're often then also telling you about the world and it'll come out in the dialogue between the characters. In this All of the world building, well, I say all, a lot of the world building has to happen contained within the action of what's happening, I suppose. To some extent, I was kind of forced that way because of of kind of creative choices. But yeah, I'm glad you like it.
1: So we like to get into the uh, nitty gritty behind the scenes a little bit um, as far as publishing and industry things go too. We've had a couple of industry folks on, including Mark Gottlieb and Rebecca Lukash. So we like to, to talk to folks who are kind of behind the scenes. But as far as you being a published author, I presume then that the vagrant Probably what earned out its in advance, and so the success of the initial book means that you get to sign for another book, and that's how you got the the Malice signed. Would that be a correct assumption? Or? Well,
0: goodness me, we're getting very. Per- I'm British, don't know. I don't <laughs> talk about. i earning yeah, but- out, goodness. Um, so I guess I, if I can if I can vagarize this a little bit, what I yeah vagrant um, <laughs> is um, the vagrant the vagrant. The- <laughs> yeah. Puntacular. So, so um i guess what i would say is that yeah it, so it was a two-book deal originally as i said and the the hardback did well enough and i guess the the uk ebook did well enough that, that they took on the third because you know it's one of those things where you don't always get a third book in a series because generally the metric is that your second book will sell less than your first because not everyone that buys the first book will decide they want to get the second and then your third book will then sell less than your second because, again, not everyone's going to keep wanting to go on that journey. So, therefore, from a publisher's point of view, you know, if if the sales are, are not so hot, then, you know, the, going for a third book in that same series isn't necessarily commercially sensible. You might be more sensible to go for a new series with that same author where you can kind of treat it more like a first book again and try and boost the sales. So, um, yeah, basically, things are great. <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm not now buying a sports car and talking to the beach on holiday but (laughs) you know but it's great and the fact that uh, the thing that i really wanted more than anything else was to be able to keep doing it because you know i i love writing and and i think as most of the probably the authors who come on here will tell you you know whilst we may sometimes grumble, it's like the best thing ever so yeah i'm i was absolutely thrilled that harper wanted to take on a third book and also that they wanted the short stories as well that was a real Pat to the ego, so I was very. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hmm. Are those short stories written yet, or are they TBD? Um,
0: one of them is written, and I'm just doing the edits on it now. And it's set kind of in parallel to the vagrant. I set partway through the vagrant. I can't, I'm not sure whether I'm allowed to tell you the title or not, but I'm <laughs> I'm going to tell you the title, and then you know we'll see what happens. So it's called the Hammer and the Goat. And sweet. Yeah, no, it, it should be great. And then the second short story is going to be like a. Uh, a set between the events of book two and three so the idea is it'd be like kind of a bridge you know if someone's read book two and they're like oh it's ages till book three comes out then they can read that as a as a way to kind of tie them over um and a bit of insight into what goes on between them because there are there are kind of sizable time jumps between each
2: book in the series so speaking of the goat didn't you do some kind of contest where somebody got to name the goat or was it something like that (laughs) Maybe um, I misunderstood it.
0: <laughs> no, I, I didn't do a, a contest to name the goat, but I did do a contest around the goat. Because um, ah, yeah. okay. I think I was talking about when the, when the deal came out for book three with the short stories, I was making jokes about what the title of the, one of the short stories was going to be. And I got a bit carried away in this blog post. And then people in the comments started leaving comments for other stupid goat related titles <laughs> that were all puns on kind of well-known movies. Uh, and then okay. I this is really good fun. Let's make a competition of this. And I had this um, tiny little crocheted goat that was super cute. And basically, I, I said I'd give it as a prize to the best title. And people yeah threw in loads of titles and things like that. So that was... It wasn't even for a book. It was for a crocheted goat. So there you are.
2: <laughs> what was the winning title? Could you tell us that?
0: The winning answer was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Goat.
2: Ah, uh, <laughs> that's pretty awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there were other great, there were some other great ones. Um, I like das, uh, das Goat as well. That was another one. Uh, <laughs> there were loads. I mean, we could go on forever on that. There were, there were loads of great entries.
1: The other big news also is that you picked up another writing gig, which involved writing another novel called Landfall. And it's for the online MMO, Albion Online.
0: Yeah, that's right. In fact, funnily enough, I think we were on the, when I was on the podcast with you, you were asking about it. And um, you couldn't say
1: anything. You always got secrets, Peter Newman. <laughs>
0: I, yeah, you, you wouldn't know it to look at me, would you? But yeah, <laughs> apparently I do always have secrets. Um, yeah, so Albin Online is a, a an MMO. I'm sure everyone who listens to this knows what it is, but that's a massively multiplayer online, if anyone's wondering. Um, fancy MMO. And they approached me to do two things. One was to write some of the kind of the in-game lore for the world. So in other words, they had a lot of the, the world set up already and that they had factions and they had... I mean, you could play the game when I in an alpha test when i joined so there were players who were involved playing the game but they didn't necessarily have backgrounds to these factions or details about kind of key events in the history of the world and you know why are these people fighting these other people and you know why are they giants what's that all about and you know all that kind of thing what what is the metaphysic to the magic and all that stuff so they brought me in to kind of flesh out the background and and deepen it all and tie it all together and they also asked me to write the time novel as well Um, And that was kind of in, I seem to remember it was kind of on the cards, but not publicly announced when I came to talk to you guys. And it came about mainly because, yeah, they they read The Vagrant and they liked it and then they they kind of came off the back of that. So it was super lovely because um, it wasn't like I did anything clever to make it happen. I generally kind of sat on my bum, you know. (laughs) Uh, eating things and then some people came up and said hey how about this and then you know we talked it all over and then I looked into the game and then we had an interview and you know I kind of talked about what my the way I'd approach it and all that kind of stuff and we found we got on and you know and and the rest is history
2: you mentioned you like you like this project a lot because it kind of combines so many things you love like gming and gaming and and Mm -hmm. writing and everything is it's kind of like a dream project in a way for someone that's really into gaming and writing and everything
0: yeah absolutely it was it was fab to be honest uh it meant for example that i got to play the game as research that's my favorite thing in a way because normally you know you feel a bit guilty maybe when you should be working playing computer game but this was great it was like no i have to do this i'm I'm, i must force myself to play computer games what a life so no that was great (laughs) yeah it did combine a lot of things and it was interesting because obviously with your own world's you're kind of creating everything from scratch, which is, is very freeing and exciting, but can also be a lot of work and can be very difficult. Whereas with this, it was like half of the jigsaw, where they said, right, all these pieces are in place and they have to exist, but all the space around them, you can fill in any way you want. But the bits of the jigsaw on this side have to match with the bits of the jigsaw on the other side so it's a bit like each jigsaw piece i was creating maybe two sides were already made for me but the other two sides i could do what i wanted with and actually that's quite freeing creatively uh, because if someone says all right there's all this stuff in place then actually that cuts down your options you maybe got three or four options left and then you can pretty rapidly say well this one sounds cooler than the rest and go with that so it in a way it made it a lot faster to do than i guess kind of working and also the other thing i should say about this was that i was involved in the whole with the whole team so i'd have regular kind of calls with them and they had people who were involved in the game and kind of had written bits of the game as well so i wasn't kind of on my own and what was nice was if i had questions i could just talk to the team about things and they would provide me with everything they already had so it was a it was kind of oddly, it was kind of, although it was mine, it was also very collaborative at the same time.
2: So this is a, is this an ongoing relationship you're going to have with the Albion Online folks, or is this kind of, was kind of a one-off?
0: The way it stands is I looked for their kind of main launch, if you like, and the, the main backgrounds of the game and the main factions. I did all the writing for that. Um, that's kind of, you can go online and read it now on the, on the kind of game site. Mm-hmm. Um, and the novel is written. The game currently is in beta Um, So you can play it if you want to, but it hasn't, if you like, officially finally launched yet. And one of the things that's happening is they are constantly writing new material. So we have talked about potentially extending that relationship where, you know, if you think about most games, you'll have some kind of new patch or new thing where you'll have like a new area of the world or a whole new kind of story arc or something like that. well suddenly then that's new stuff that that needs material writing around it so yeah it may well be that i'll be back for future stuff we're kind of in talks about that at the moment
2: that's always exciting for me when i when i hear writers they get to do these kind of other projects that maybe wouldn't have been available you, you know years ago you know uh yeah like being offered to write for like final fantasy or (laughs) <laughs> be or cool, yeah. or uh you know something like that didn't happen back in the day but, not, but nowadays you know there's all sorts of avenues to do all these cool different projects other than just writing novels and you know spreading your wings and doing other stuff is very cool yeah
0: very cool i mean one of the other the nice things about this project was it kind of fell slightly in the middle in, in other words if you if the computer game that you were writing a, a time novel for has a very established plot or set of characters. On the one hand, it can be really fun to write those characters. But on the other, you have to get them right. And they're not your characters. Because this was an MMO, the characters were mine. And in an MMO, you don't have like a, you know, you destroy the great evil and then that's the end of the story. You have hundreds and hundreds of stories going on. So one of the nice things for me about it was, I guess I felt like I had that freedom to tell the stories I wanted within that world. And yeah, I think there are loads of really great opportunities now that maybe they weren't before. And, and also where media begins to kind of bleed slightly one into the other as well, which is kind of exciting. Also, uh, well, one of the things I like in this case, for example, is that let's say in Albion Online, one of the things you can do is you can buy vanity items for your character. So if you want them to have a kind of a particular cloak or shield or hat or whatever, with a particular appearance, you can you can do that through the game in various ways. And there are talks about characters from the book that you know one of the characters has a very swanky hat for example you know it might be that you can have you can buy their hat and your character can have their hat in the game and those kind of crossovers I really like as well
2: so I'm assuming you played as the vagrant and you're you're testing
0: (laughs) no I didn't I did think about no I I didn't but I did I did name my character after one of the characters in the book
2: oh okay yeah I always do that always name characters after (laughs) I used to it used to be like girls I had crushes on when I was a kid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm gonna name it like after it. this girl, and then maybe she'll like me if I name her, you know, uh, you know, I name a, a summoner after her or something. But that never happened.
0: I mean, whilst we're kind of making these confessions, I never did that, but I did once grow my hair because a girl I liked told me <laughs> I had long hair.
2: <laughs> how, did, how did that go?
0: Well, I, I grew my hair down like really, really long, and uh, but by the time I'd grown it, I didn't like her anymore. But uh, you know <laughs> It's, it's fine. It was, it was an interesting experience. I'm, I'm guessing that naming your characters after Girls You Like didn't work either.
1: No, i stopped doing that. <laughs> and with your um, work with Albion Online, it's very cool because you not only wrote the, the tie-in novel, which gets you experience with writing tie-in novels. Do you have any plans to maybe do that more in the future? Is that an avenue you might pursue down the road?
0: Um, I think yes. As I said earlier, I haven't necessarily kind of finished with Albion Online yet, so I'll kind of see okay. how that, that plays down the road. Um, I think with the right projects, yeah, I mean, certainly. Um, there are, are certainly some games that if they approach me, I think I would just have to say yes, because, you know, I'm just <laughs> such a fan. But it's probably not my central focus. Always novels is going to be where my heart is in terms of, you know, as in my own novels.
1: Yeah, with the trilogy under your belt now, then you've shown some, <laughs> some clout in the marketplace there, Peter Newman. So.
0: It, You know, it was a, bit, a quite emotional moment, more than I thought it would be, finishing the trilogy. Because, you know, you, you've, it's, I've been with those characters for years. And I find it very odd, this kind of, the author lifestyle thing where, you know, actually for, for most people, so in the US, they haven't even read The Vagrant yet. It's not even come out yet. So, you know, the focus is there. Whereas for me, I've just been thinking about the third book and that the, the publishing moves at that speed where you're kind of always jumping between all these different books. It's a really strange thing. But yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that the, the trilogy is done. And it's really cool that... Uh, in a way that I can still talk about The Vagrant. So the the only kind of silver lining that it's come to you guys later is that I get to talk about it all over again. Because you know? it's kind of, you know, it's got a special place in my heart. It's the first book that I've ever had published. So it's kind of a, you know, it's a big deal. It's your, it's your baby. It is my baby.
2: <laughs> and
1: it comes out May
2: 10th in the US. May 10th. Oh, I like it. This is good. <laughs>
1: So let's talk about tea and Jeopardy here for a moment. It is a Hugo-nominated podcast. What's going on with tea and Jeopardy here as of late, Peter?
0: Well, we just passed the um, fifty-episode mark, which is probably more of a surprise to me than it is to you. But that—that's pretty cool. We had last year. We had a couple of live shows as well um, at some of the conventions in the UK, which was really good fun. There's always something going on in tea and Jeopardy. The latest thing is I've just suddenly thought. Of course, some of your listeners may have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> So, in case you're listening to this, going what tea and what the hell? What? Is- <laughs> so, Tea and Jeopardy is a podcast. Uh, it is an interview podcast that has also got a little bit of kind of radio drama in it as well. And the way it works is each episode is set in a different tea layer. Um, and so, some tea layers in the past have been things like inside a volcano or in the head of a giant robot or in a gingerbread house. Or on the back of a giant bird, or things like that. And uh, a really cool person comes along to the tea lair. They're often fantasy authors, but not always. We've had editors and agents and illustrators and all kinds of people. And they come to the tea lair, and Emma interviews them, and they have tea and cake. And then at the end, normally they face some kind of peril where they have to escape with their lives. So, yeah, we're about 50 episodes in, and uh, it's still lots of fun. And there's all kinds of crazy things that happen oh i should say there are singing chickens as well if you're wondering (laughs) oh the other thing i didn't mention is sometimes we time travel because you know why not and in a, a more recent episode there was a rival time traveler who has set emma a riddle as a challenge and she's struggling to answer that riddle so if you're hearing this there is still time if you listen i think it's the episode before the last one you'll hear there's a riddle there. If you can think of the answer and send it to us, you might be able to save her serious embarrassment in the next episode. So that will be awesome.
1: And folks can go to what? Jeopardy.com or?
0: Yeah. If you see, so you ask me these things and like a pro, I should be able to tell you, but yeah, it is jeopardy.com, I believe let me, it's geek planet online host it. Let me just.
1: Yeah. It's, so Online.
0: I was just, yeah, you know, I was just going to say that myself. I win. Like a pro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes and you guys have a patreon page going for that we as well do
0: we do and if you go to see in jeopardy all the uh at geek planet online all the details are there so yeah if you want to support the show
1: that's always appreciated and hugo nominated as well so that's pretty
0: that's yeah pretty awesome. we we were the last couple of, not this year i should i should in the spirit of honesty, tell you but uh, the last sure. couple of years uh, we were hugo nominated yeah
1: did you win a Parsec or get nominated for Parsec? Because we're
0: uh, yes, we're... we did mention, didn't we? Your sparkly Parsecness. Yes. Uh, <laughs> someone did put us forward, but I think we have a problem. We don't quite fit any other Parsec categories very well. Okay. I don't think they quite. I think they like look at us and go, "What? What is that? What, is, <laughs> what, what are they doing? This is just Matt." So.
1: And then your wife is the awesome Emma Newman. She is the host of the Tea in Jeopardy podcast. She's an awesome author as well. What sort of cool things does Emma Newman have going on lately?
0: Uh, well, uh, Planet Fool was the most recent novel, I think, that got released, which came out in November last year, which is a sci-fi. Um, and it's all about these people who go to a colony on another planet because they're going to try and meet with God. And then it all goes a bit crazy from there. And it's, it's super awesome. You might say I have to say that, but genuinely it is amazing. Um, <laughs> and curiously, that was released in the US. That was a US release rather than a UK release. So um, mm-hmm. you guys won that that round. <laughs> we, won that. we won that
2: toss. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and the next book called After Atlas uh, is coming out this year, Around again around November for her. And the other thing to say is that she... So that's kind of like... That's sci-fi that she writes. But she also writes kind of cool urban fantasy but i don't know what you comes to mind when you say urban fantasy but it's not like a badass kind of person kicking butt it's like um it's set in the modern day but there's also really evil kind of fae and fairies and magic and there's kind of mirror cities and stuff. it's all awesome but anyway um the first three split worlds books have been re like given new jackets and uh they've got a new publisher and they've been brought out they're just coming out now i think And the uh, fourth book is coming out in August.
1: I just imagine the Newman household is a household of just magic and storytelling and chicken and goats.
0: It it is pretty much. It is pretty much that. Yeah. (laughs) I want to move in with the Newmans. (laughs) Uh, Well, we've got a spare room, you know, so.
2: Oh, good. (laughs) Excellent. My household's drinking plastic. Uh, Not plastic. Drinking wine. That's
0: hardcore. (laughs) Drink.
2: I just drink plastic all day. Drinking from a plastic bottle of wine. That's my household. Sad, sad household.
1: So let's roll up a character. You want to do that now, Philip Overby? Should we roll something up? Roll one up with Peter Newman.
2: Do you want to roll one up with us, Peter?
1: I uh, yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Roll one up. We've done this these segment before. I don't know if we were doing segments when you came on the first time. We maybe sure, we had I think you have evolved a little bit. We had the lightning round, and we have the thirty second geek out, and then we have uh, roll. I guess it, this is called roll one up. I don't know what it's right called, <laughs> for lack of a better name
0: title. Right, no, it's um, classy. It's classy,
2: <laughs> real classy. Uh, we did this with the uh, with uh, Stephen Erickson actually recently, who rolled up a character for his Malazan series so today we would like to roll up a special character for the the world of the vagrant okay. and we would like this character to be a goat if possible so this sure. will be the first roll up of a goat
0: uh are we talking about any goat or are we talking any, about any
2: goat? goat yes any goat is fun. okay so it could be the goat that has been in the in the series so far or it can be a brand new a brand new spanking-ass new goat. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay.
2: So I'm going to give you some some information, and then you you can just kind of riff on it however much okay. you, you would like.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Just be brilliant, as usual. So, <laughs> Yeah. Right.
2: Okay, so rolling up one with Peter Newman. Goat. Ed- rolling one up. Rolling one up. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> goat smooth, edition. Smooth as silk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
2: Okay, first, let's choose a gender for this goat. Male or female or other. Female. Female. Okay. Okay. Any weapons for the goat?
0: Uh yeah, let's say teeth and uh horns and hooves. <laughs>
2: okay. How about okay. armor?
1: Um nah. We don't need armor. <laughs> no.
2: we, I we would don't. like to
1: see a goat in badass armor.
0: That would, no, be, that would be cool. That that would be cool, but you know, my goat doesn't need armor.
2: Okay. This goat doesn't need any fucking armor.
0: <laughs> you know, but this this goat's probably got high enough other stats; they can get armor bonuses off those. It's fine. Okay.
2: Okay. How about the uh, for lack? Like, I was going to say alignment, but that's kind of Dungeons and Dragons. Um,
0: I'm I'm happy with I'm happy with alignment. But
2: okay, like, let's do alignment then. Alignment. Uh,
0: let's say um, it's whether to go neutral or chaotic. Let's let's say. Uh,
2: chaotic evil <laughs> chaotic, chaotic evil goat raiding villages and m- murdering people yeah okay how about any special abilities can this goat cast spells or breathe fire or shit lightning or <laughs>
0: um i'm gonna say this goat can cause fear by its very presence
2: <laughs> so it's like a it's like the old school dra- uh dungeon dragons dragon yeah,
0: yeah when it's when it gets angry it causes fear and when it's not angry, it can cause irritation.
2: <laughs> mild. Like ir- Philip. Mild irritation. Like Philip. Yeah, like Yeah,
0: me. just like, oh, what that, what's that goat doing? Oh, it's just annoying, you know? But then if you actually go and talk to it or try and do anything, then it causes fear.
1: Is it like a 20-foot radius on that? or? Yeah. Okay.
0: Let's say 20. No, let, no let's say 50 feet. Come on, let's. 50 feet. Let's push the
1: barrow out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> super annoying goat or super evil. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, how about favorite food or favorite snack?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anything and everything.
2: How about favorite tea?
0: Favorite tea, uh, breakfast tea.
2: And hated enemy. Humans. <laughs> all humans. Yeah. Murder all humans.
0: <laughs> it's just so annoying, get in the way.
2: This is like a really heavy metal goat.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs>
2: couple more things life expectancy how long do you expect this goat to live
0: forever <laughs> forever man forever going to
2: live forever okay and let's name this wonderful new creation Ooh, let's say
0: i don't know um oh i don't know daisy daisy
2: <laughs> daisy daisy the chaotic evil fear radiating yeah yeah
0: drink. Yeah, Daisy the Death Goat, man.
2: <laughs> All right, there we are. We rolled it up. <laughs> Daisy the Death
1: Goat with Peter Newman. Smoked it up. <laughs> <laughs> so contact information, we always need to get that before we uh, let you off the hook. Where can folks find you online?
0: So I'm on Twitter uh, at Right. That's run as in running, Pete as in P-E-T-E, and uh, write as in I'm writing this book. And uh, I'm on Facebook as well. You can hunt me down there if you want to. And i am also uh, I've got my website, which is www.runpeteright, where I blog as well.
1: Any con appearances in the UK or the US coming up anytime soon, Peter?
0: Yeah, there are. I'm going to be at Edge Lit, which is in Derby in the UK. Uh, that's coming up in july i'm going to be doing bristol con because that's my local con and it's awesome and that'll be later much later in the year and i might be doing fantasy con i'm kind of umming and ahhing at the moment so yeah a few more conventions uh, and and more more stuff will get announced kind of as i know about it
1: uh, on the blog May 10th is the day where people can go into bookstores or go online and purchase The Vagrant by Peter Newman. We've got a copy to give away to somebody in the United States. Uh, Just email us, grimdarkfiction at gmail.com. Put Peter Newman rocks in the subject line, and the first person to email us will get a copy of the book. Peter Newman, thank you so much for coming back on the show and hanging out with us. Yanks. Yeah, thank you, guys. It's
0: been a pleasure. That's a pleasure. (laughs)
1: And uh, when the Malice comes out uh, in the U.S., we'll have you back on. And then when the Seven comes on, we'll have you on again. And you have a home here on the Grim Patties oh,
0: podcast. You guys. It's going to be lovely.
1: Wait. When is the
2: book okay. coming out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: May 10th. May 10th. There
0: we go. Ah,
2: okay. Need to get that last one in.
1: Go buy it. Right now. You can find us online at facebook.com slash podcast, or on Twitter at Grimdark Fiction. Download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean. And if you like this show, please share it and leave a review. And be sure to drop by our Facebook group, Grimdark Fiction Readers and Writers, for daily updates on all things Grimdark. On behalf of co-host Philip Overby and myself, Rob Matheny, thanks for listening to this episode of the Grim Tidings Podcast. We'll see you next time.
0: Bless your buttons.